We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Fellas, we talked about had a bad taste in our mouth, right? Bad taste in our mouth from last week. All we could do today was go 1-0. That's all we could do. And we, from the jump, we started fast and we finished finish strong. strong. Oh, okay? And that's, that was the preparation that you put into this week. We had to go 1-0 and we did. Now let's talk about how we did that. First of all, offensively, first time in a long time, zero giveaway. Oh, yeah. Take care of the rock. Great job. All right, Mr. Cooper was at the office today. Five catches, 139. And that last one, he drew up in the dirt with number four. Great job. Great job. Hey, how about the day that Corey had? Corey went crazy. Seven punts, 58.6 yards. Field position game. Okay, you guys want to talk about the defense? All right, what's the only stat that matters? Points. Goose egg. Goose egg. Goose. Now let's talk about how you did it. 58 yards, 41 on the ground, 17 in the air, three takeaways, 12 on third down. Okay, seven sacks. Number 94 had three of them. Watson sidesteps, puts his back into it, wide open, it's Cooper! Cooper's still going! Home run pass as Watson passes his first test! Big handoff tune, football is knocked out! Live football! And Cleveland has it with Garrett! Fewest yards in a game for the Cardinals since 1955. 27 to nothing the final as Cleveland holds them to 58 yards of total offense. This is what you're supposed to do to a football team that is clearly overmatched. What's up? What's happening, everybody? Welcome into your Victory Monday podcast. It's myself and Andrew Spade. We're going to do our opener with our thoughts. Really more of a conversation about the Browns' 27-0 win over the Cardinals, which, uh, again, as far as, like, uh, talked about this before the game, felt like you needed to have a almost Tennessee Titans-like win here where it felt like you were dominating and coasting to the finish line. They got that job done. You know, this game really, as it hit 13 nothing, Andrew felt like it was over from that point. They stretched it out to 20 nothing. They're midway through the third quarter, and then it just sort of felt like you were cruising to the finish line. But, you know, for me, I'm sure for you, 
you're looking for takeaways from this game. I don't think you or I had a fear that they were going to lose this game. Most of you in the audience probably didn't fear they were going to lose this game, especially when Clayton Toon was introduced as the starter. But you wanted to have some takeaways from a win, and I feel like we have those. Some good, some bad, some in between. Uh, but again, you know, when the Browns only give up 58 total net yards, they shut a team out for the first time since 2007, right? And the Cardinals haven't been held to less yards since the 50s. You celebrate the vibe of a victory Monday, the accomplishments of the defense. We'll get to that in just a moment. But we have to lead off with the heavy hitter, Andrew, which is Deshaun Watson, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. I think that when everything was talked about for this game, you know, you and I went through early portions of last week and even into the conversation with Jordan Zerm about, you know, what would be more important here, even in this particular game, beating the Cardinals or having Deshaun Watson come out on the other side, you're feeling good about him. And I think there's a conversation to be had there. So I think we should start at that point with Watson. And, you know, there's a lot to take away, good and bad, right? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that that was obviously the going to be the point of contention, you know, or the the main point of everybody's attention, I should say, through, through the entire game it it didn't yeah you know the other stuff like you said the 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 result wasn't really the question the you know the long-term stuff is is really hinges all around the quarterback I think we all expected the defense to play well they did I think we expected the offense would find a way to get it done whether that was running the ball or passing the ball they did so the question was really specifically about the quarterback and and it was it was even funny Jake like the the way that the the game started they had a few plays that were designed passes where Watson ended up scrambling or dumping it very short. And it was like, when's he going to throw the ball? When's he going to throw the ball? And it felt like a little bit of tension. How long are we going to wait to see him actually really throw one, put his arm behind one. And then early on, there were these struggles that really started to demoralize me anyway, speaking for myself. So I'm just kind of curious from your perspective, what that roller coaster was like for you through the first half when it felt like, Oh, this isn't really going the way that, you know, we hoped, but it also is kind of the way that we've kind of expected, right? Because it felt like he, this is where he has been. But then in the second half, you know, so I guess what I'm saying is that through the first half, I felt like there was a real narrative developing of the quarterback's not right. He's not going to be right. This is what this is for the rest of the season. We just got to get used to it. And then I think in the second half, we really moved away from that. And so I'm wondering, like, as you kind of look back at the game as a whole, where do you think things are for Watson. How much of it do you think is about his shoulder being hurt? How much do you think is about, you know, Adam Archuleta on the broadcast was talking about his feet not being set often, that his his motion, his whole process was sped up at times. So yeah, I'm just curious what you think overall. And like, if you try and have a feel for where this is headed, like how much confidence you have. I'm a broken record at this point. You've heard me say it too many times. The reps are what you need because if your mind is playing catch up to your body, Andrew, you're going to be hopping. You're going to be spiking. That stuff's going to happen. Now I need to watch it. You know, you guys all know who listen to this that neither myself nor Andrew at this point, as we record on Sunday night, have, have, you know, digested any film of relevance to understand more about it. I think he was off pretty clearly timing, rhythm placement, but I think there were some drops too that helped us feel even more anxious and uneasy about the whole situation. I'm sure you would agree with me on that. I think the things started, it almost felt like for Watson, the reps were very important. The Browns were not going to force many decisions from him that mattered early because they knew they could play a field position, almost field goal based game and win. They really just wanted to get him used to feel out game speed, blitzes, coverage looks, all of that stuff that I've been talking about when you miss 
30 plus games over the last three seasons. You just need reps. You need to see it. You need to feel it. And you also need to feel the new way your body feels as you're playing the position, because, you know, I'm sure that a big, big talking point here is kind of, you know, processing for Watson taking hits and we'll hit on that a little bit. No pun intended. We will try to talk about how he's still taking too many hits. There were some real hold my breath moment type of hits that he decided to take. Those were decision hits on his part, not the other team getting after him. So that part has got to continue to be something he tries to change about himself in this situation, right? We'll talk about it again. But for me, like the first throw that mattered that I felt like, okay, he can do it was at the 201 mark in the first quarter. He hits Amari Cooper for a large gain, a 59-yard gain, right? So that moment felt like everybody collectively, and again, we're doing this through Twitter because we're all not together, but you're all saying, okay, he can still get it downfield. He can throw it a little bit. That was a really nice moment for him to complete that throw, read the coverage, the corner sunk and took the sail route that left Cooper going open up the left sideline. All of that felt good. And from there, I think there started to be more positives to get to the point that you got in the second half where we left the game feeling okay, right? So uh, I think that you're right. Arch was right. Archuleta there, Adam Archuleta in the in the booth. He was, and this is the same thing that happened when he played the Texans last year. He's bouncy. The ball is being rushed out of his hand because the mind hasn't caught up with the body and they're not in sync. I thought as the game wore on, he got in sync. He started to sit in the pocket a little bit more, climb it at times. You know, we have to discuss Jed. We will. But I thought he did a nice job of, of uh, feeling out that his guys were protecting him pretty well and he was stepping into pocket. So I thought early on, rough. But I thought as the game wore on, you started to see these are the encouraging Deshaun Watson moments that we started to see in Tennessee yeah. if, he can, if he can put it together. So, like, that's kind of my vibe. Mm -hmm. I would ask what your vibe is to take from it because, you know, I think you're spot on about early. I think we're all frustrated. I even think I tweeted out like, Hey, some completions would be good here, fellas, yeah. because you're throwing everything. If you look at his spray chart, yeah. everything was 20 yards downfield or like one to five yards from the line of scrimmage. There was not much middle. ground. I think there was only like three completions in the 10 to 19 area, maybe even like the seven to 19 area, mm -hmm. which is deemed that intermediate portion. So there wasn't much of that. We'll have to see if anybody was open or not, but yeah, I'm curious, Andrew, your beginning vibe where I think that there's probably some people across Brown's fandom who are texting each other. Like, this is not good. This right. is, this is Colts vibe ish mm -hmm. to the end of the game where it felt like he settled in, felt out how his body felt and started to really deliver some throws. Yeah. I think it's interesting because the, the presumption as you're watching it live is that, you know, you're, you're reacting in real time. You're thinking he's not hitting these easy throws. This has got to be a remnant of this injury, right? This has to be a product of the injury that he suffered. Why else would he be missing these? But, you know, the, as the game goes on, as you said, then late in the first quarter, he uncorks that ball, and it's like, well, okay, so now is his shoulder only bothering him on short passes? I was having that conversation, you know, watching with my dad. Like, is is it is it that he can't control the short stuff, but long stuff he can really let it loose? And so you're starting to maybe wonder if that's the case. And then you start to get a feel for that it really has less to do with the arm injury that he's working through and more to do with other stuff around the game that you, you know, you're so right to bring up is the same stuff we've been seeing at times all the way back to the Houston game last year. And then when you see that, and then you see him settle in more quickly than he did against Houston, than he has in other games this season. I'm, I'm thinking about the Pittsburgh game where he never really felt comfortable. Yeah. I, you know, I, then you start to see him build confidence. 
and you realize that that's what this is about as much as anything, the mental side of it. And so it was a, it was a real journey to go through during this game. Right. And I think that's why Jake, to me, the biggest throw of the game, the biggest moment of the game is this, is this throw that he hits to Cooper at the end that kind of seals the deal, gets him down inside the five uh, where, you know, Kevin in the press conference after the game is saying that Cooper and Watson drew that play up, you know, and then they ask Watson about it in the press conference. And he says they were getting, you know, they were getting the specific pressure look from the Cardinals. It was their specific pressure that they put in for the Browns. And they were, you know, every time they were getting it in third downs, they kind of, they kind of got used to seeing it. And then they, you know, Watson had a, had, and Cooper had this idea of a play that they could check to if it looked like they were getting that pressure look on a third down. And so, yeah, the pressure of the day is what he said or something. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. And he, this was, I also thought that was notable, right? This is the first time in a press conference since he's been in Cleveland that he was giving out scheme specific stuff and kind of extemporaneously talking about football in the way that he was really famous for in Houston, right? He got a lot of positive press way back in the day before all everything happened uh, for being the guy that would kind of give you the long answer when you were least expecting it. And he's never done that in Cleveland, but today he got there. And I think it's because of the, 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 the comfort that is starting to develop because I thought the most notable thing, Jake, and I, this is what I want to ask you about the most notable thing when Kevin talked about it was that he had a smile on his face. And I, I, I sensed this is all this reading between the lines, you know, uh, reading the tea leaves, uh, BS that, you know, I hate when other people do it, but love to do myself where it felt to me like Kevin was very excited because the co the quarterback and the wide receiver found an answer that, you know, that all he had to do was, was kind of give the green light to, and I think that's probably the first time I would guess the first time since Kevin's been the head coach in Cleveland that something like that's happened. Feels like a big step for them, I think. Yeah, I would presume to think he prefers that, right? He coaches want their guys to come up with answers for them. I'm telling you, there are times when play callers don't have the answer in their head. They they will call a play, and they think it can succeed. But it's not like I called this play because I know they're going to be in cover two. I feel like this vibe is on this pressure. You, you just can't always do that in a 40-second play clock. So when your guys give you an ace up the sleeve, right, to be able to go out and use, you really like that opportunity. And I wouldn't think he was getting much of that with Baker, who, uh, you know, shout out to Baker, had a great comeback drive today, right? I, I mean, I'm, I'm being honest like that was a great oh, drive for me yeah. great throw really fun to watch uh, but yeah. he's not a notable film grinder in cleveland and i That's think right. kevin was really on a one-way street in that relationship and wasn't getting that stuff all the time so i think that there's probably dating back to like his kirk days where kirk cousins who is obviously a noted film guru addicted to this to the to the nuances of the quarterback position was doing a little more of that so I think you're right. The smile, the way he delivered that message and Watson opening up about it. When you still listen to Watson's presser, he's still very guarded right now. Oh, for sure. I think he's he's very almost standoffish yeah. at times. Well, we'll see if that calms down over the coming. Yeah. You know, and, and you, you mentioned that to me earlier. It's worth talking about because I thought some of the questions were really at the bordering on just insultingly stupid, you know. And so yeah. not yeah. that I want to stick up. You know, I, I think that he has also had his battles with the press and he doesn't need to be as as standoffish as you're indicating but 
I, 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 you said that. And then, so then I wa- went back and watched it. I was like, they're not doing themselves any favors asking the, the questions the way that they're asking. Well, they got to stop asking questions that answer themselves. Like right. your question well, has to, I know you want somebody to talk about something, but lay it out. Right. Just give it a situation yeah. to talk about a play and don't say that boosts your confidence. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like the, you're right. answering the question for That's them. Right. It's like, and, there's a way to go about it where they're intimidated by him is yeah. the vibe I get. And I think so, they want the narrative to be that he has kind of been a broken man through this and he's coming back and he is refusing to buy into that narrative. And so it yeah. creates this really strong dissonance where they're trying to make it the salvation story of him finding himself again. And he's like, no, I've been good the whole time, man. I just wasn't waiting for the shoulder to feel better. I think that's fair too. So maybe a little less standoffish and more just – them not understanding where he's well, coming from and trying yeah. to put it together. But, no, I think you're right, you know. though. He doesn't want them to put words in his mouth. And I think he feels like that's been happening a lot this season because of the speculation about the injury thing. Yeah, especially the confidence stuff yep. stood out because it's like they want him to say, oh, no, I've been broken from that standpoint. Exactly. No, it's like, right. you know, I've yeah. been the same guy, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. while that might be true, there might be some self-doubt at his house, but he's not going to portray that no. out in the open. You know? <laughs> no, so, he's not going to say that. Yeah on video uh, with a microphone in front of him for everybody to record. That's not his, that's exactly. not in his nature. I mean, it goes back to the whole conversation about him not sliding. I think it's mentally the same thing. Like he puts it on himself to be that guy, even if it puts him in more danger than he needs to. Let's, let's limit that danger though. Can we all agree? Can we get a oh, hold of, of Watson? Let, let's stop running yeah. back into the middle of the field mm-hmm. for 350 pound defensive tackles to try to remove your head from your torso. That would be great. So yeah, I, I think that I want Watson to remain himself. I want him to extend plays. I'm all about it. But the sideline is your friend. The slide is your friend. And it's okay to play another down. That's just one I, I want to end on. But my vibe is good, Andrew. I thought that was the the one of the better outcomes for what I was expecting. That ball late, the, the ball we're talking about from that play, which I have to watch it because they ultimately had two bodies on Cooper, and it took right. a perfect throw. Yep. The thread, the needle, where I talked about this in the postgame show, he almost has this way of in specific, like this was back in Houston too. Watson's not a naturally gifted driver of the football. He has enough arm strength, but he has these throws where in like the last four yards, it almost picks up the second wind to get where it needs to go. And it was one of those where mm-hmm. you couldn't have walked it out there and put it in a better place. So he yeah. deserves a lot of credit for that. That throw was phenomenal. And like, Again, those are the throws that he had a ball over the middle. I also thought was really yes. great. Yes. But he delivered two throws that thought, okay, this this is this is the stuff they need to do. Yeah, and, and I, it will be so interesting to get the film on that because Watson said in the in the presser that it was because they were doubling Cooper that they wanted to go to him, which I think is it's a little counterintuitive, right? You wouldn't think that if you're getting a consistent double there that that'd be the guy you'd want to go to, but they saw something about it that they liked. So I, I'm really excited to see what they saw on film that kept repeating well. on third downs. I, I can't, <laughs> I don't want to be off on this, but I cannot imagine throwing into double coverage was the perfect outcome there. I mean, it was a great ball. It's a great catch, right. but that's like, you had to drop it in a very specific spot. Whereas yep. if you're drawing one up in the dirt, you're probably saying like, Hey, we're going to get one-on-one right here. So maybe they threw a last second tweak at him. And that's a play we look at as yeah. the, as the oh, OBR good, where that's we write call. it up. Yeah. So, It'll be interesting to see. Um, We'll get to that. But the vibe on Watson is good, right? Yes. There were rough patches early, but I thought he played a pretty sound game as it wore on, and he delivered some of those big-time throws. I think he might get a couple of those from the grading folks. So, I, I, again, I'm encouraged. I think you guys should be encouraged. It was not perfect. There are still clearly moments of rust, and he just needs reps. And it was important to get the reps in this game. Low pressure, right? We talked about this. Low pressure reps 
as opposed to high leverage reps that you'll get against Baltimore and Pittsburgh, right? And I'm not saying that, you know, I think that clearly the Cardinals did a great job of limiting the run. Like, I think for the game, if I look at stats, uh, Jerome Ford was 20 for 44 yards and Kareem Hunt was 14 for 38, 2.7 a carry and 2.2 a carry. So it's not like they were just running all day. Right. Watson had a, a lot of third down, which, which I like that. He needs to see those third down chaos looks where they're blitzing from different angles and rotating coverages. They were six of 17, not great, but enough to feel like he got enough reps in third down, probably three or four less because PJ Walker came into the game late, but I thought he was good enough in those. And there was good exposure to those because Baltimore with Mike McDonald will throw a yeah, ton of exotic weird. looks at him. Yeah. So it's going to be, I think that that pays some dividends there. So again, not, not, there were moments of question, but you feel good, better about it than you did when you walked into the stadium or walked into your living room to watch this game than then uh, the contrary. Right. I would, I would think that's the case, Andrew. Are you, are you with totally. me on that or not? Oh, no, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And I, I think it really was, you know, just going through the process of the entire game and, and kind of coming out where they came out. I wonder with the uh, running game, if there's just a little bit of a component here of, of Drew Petzing having been in Cleveland for so long and being with Kevin so much that like a lot of their staple runs, the Cardinals had easy answers to that stuff. I, I, I wonder how much and that's the contrary. The yeah, and the contrary, because the right. Browns had these guys bottled up on the flip side, and we're yes, going to talk about the defense. Exactly. That's a good point for you, Andrew. Clayton Toon uh, runs five times for 28. That's the only guy that really mattered. He got out on a couple broken right. pressure plays. Yeah. But Keontae Ingram, nine carries, eight yards. Rondell Moore in the backfield, the wide receiver, four carries, three yards. And then Jones had three carries for two yards. Like, I don't know if I've ever seen three ball carriers, two of which are running backs, under a yard a carry right. in a game. It's bizarre. Clayton Toon goes 11 of 20, 58 yards, two interceptions. They, I mean, this is as good a, like as good a defensive performance as you will see. It stands up there with the games earlier this season. It stands up there with the, the Bears game last year. I think it was last year. It could be two years ago at this point. They all run together. Where Miles had the eight sacks, the group had eight sacks. Like, this was, and, and again, I know the Cardinals are not very good, but this is a Cardinals team that hung with the Ravens the week before. I understand Clayton Toon's a rookie, but they overwhelmed them at every level 58 total net yards one of 12 on third downs 1.2 yards per play Andrew I mean this is as good as it gets and it's really nice to show up to watch your football team play on Sundays and know that the defense is going to be pretty dang good they're not going to be perfect they're going to have some games here and there talking about the Colts game talking about the Seahawks game at times Seahawks game had some really great stretches in there too I want to be careful about that but they are going to be for the most part pretty good right so I feel like I left the game defensively First watch, that's some impressive stuff. I, I like, like again, I talked about the Detroit game in, in uh, D- Detroit. Sorry, back in twenty one, where Tim Boyle started. Right, they, they ended up winning that game thirteen ten. Browns were supposed to win, and it was it was a home game, kind of similar setup in the middle of the season. But in that game, they gave up like one hundred fifty rushing yards to DeAndre Swift. They gave up two hundred sixty yards total. This was utter domination, and I don't know if it yields results the next few weeks, but I feel really, really good about them getting another game like this under their belt for sheer confidence perspective. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I, I think there's it's very hard to even come up with a negative note when the uh, defensive performance is as strong, right? I mean, we, we talked about this on the postgame show a little bit. Even when NFL defenses are playing at their absolute best, the other team usually finds a way to 120, 150 180 yeah. yards, right? 200 yeah. yards is considered a very good defensive game if you hold an offense to 200 yards. To hold them to 50 is just remarkable. And and for a lot of those to have come on the first few plays of the game 
and then they really just kind of shut them out for the remainder of the game. And it's, it's, there's just not words. Go ahead. Cardinals had 14 yards on the first play, exactly. 12 yards on the third play, 11 yards on the fourth play. Yep. After that, you're talking like 20 yards the rest of the game. That's right. It's bananas. Yeah, it's it's bananas. Un, it's unreal stuff. It doesn't feel real. Usually, when the 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 numbers are this low, it's a quarterback injury. You know, it's that that game during the COVID year where Kendall Hinton is the starting quarterback for the Broncos. There's some weather thing happening. You know, whatever. Like so the one team won't give the other team the ball, and the, you know the, the ball is stolen by a fan, and nobody can get it back. There's a you know there's a wolf <laughs> on the field. It has to be something very weird for a team to go for 50 yards in a game. So it, it, it is really in, incredibly impressive. The only question I have, Jake, and I, I think it's a relevant question considering who their opponent is next week, is this defense more built, more accomplished at shutting down bad offenses, going up against bad quarterbacks, young quarterbacks, whatever, than it is against a quarterback that can really make you pay with a sort of, you know, freakish uh, you know, unicorn horseshoe type throw, right? Where that Lamar had what three or four of those against them the first time in Cleveland back in Week Four. That's that's the concern, right? The the defensive philosophy seems to be if you can beat us throwing it, you know, on a rope thirty yards downfield, God bless you. If you can't, we're going to suffocate you. And so when they run into those quarterbacks that can do that stuff, then what does it look like? Because I think that's kind of been. The crypt. I mean, it's obvious that that's the kryptonite. That would be any team's kryptonite, right? A good quarterback's going to be any time, team's kryptonite. But for the Browns specifically, I, I'm just I'm so interested to see a a game next week against the Ravens, where presumably the offense will be able to do their part, and so it won't be as one sided as it was in Week Four. Yeah. So the Bengals, you get the the sort of uh, fraction of Joe Burrow. Pittsburgh, they held Kenny Pickett very much in check. Tennessee, they dominated Tannehill. So your theory is in place. Baltimore, again, to your point, what you just said, he had to make some unbelievable throws to to really put them in a position like the the broken play up the right sideline to Zay Flowers, the the lobbed up ball to Mark Andrews in the right corner. There was another um, ball where he's working to the right and throws back across the grain to the left that ends up going to Andrews for a long game. There were a lot of fluke. I don't want to call him fluky because Lamar can do that, but the percentage chance of those getting hit, Andrew, are not high. And even for a very good player like Lamar, like he's going to have those days, but those are not going to always happen so perfectly. So uh, I think your your theory's fair. You know, the 49ers game, they, they, they handled Brock Purdy. I didn't think, I thought they had Geno rattled. I thought they played Geno really well in the Seattle game. It was really the Colts who did some good man beater stuff and put them in the bind with the RPO stuff. But as you and I have talked about, that's not really what any Steichen's running something that only really Philly is running. Mm. And even the Ravens with Monken are not running that stuff. Now maybe they could integrate some some wrinkles here to, to this week because of what they've seen on tape, but they're not really running that stuff. So I do think they're built to dominate quarterbacks who are not as uh, cognitively gifted or physically gifted, right? That's that's the nature of the defense that they're running, which is high risk, high reward. I am very interested to see, I know the Colts game and the Ravens game, they played a higher percentage of zone coverage than they have in many of these others. I don't have the data yet on this Cardinals game, but I think you with me here would agree that they're yeah. probably going to be playing a ton of man in that one. So even though I will say the Taki Taki pick came on zone and the Ward pick both came on zone. 
So, and then that, you know, the ward pick was a high and outside throw. Wasn't necessarily great coverage as he was well behind, but it was a great interception. So uh, I, I will say, we'll see what the data tells us. I will be very curious to see what they shift with their, their approach to Baltimore. But yeah, I mean, better quarterbacks, tougher to defeat. Lamar presents a ton of unique challenges. They do need to rise. It's like the Dolphins situation, right? They're six and three, six wins against under 500 teams, all three losses against teams over 500. The Browns need to step up if they want to be legitimate here, step up to the plate against a really good quarterback and shut them down. That's the goal they've done. They've given Lamar fits over the years. They've held Lamar check in plenty of games. Mm -hmm. I do think again, they did not make things easy on Lamar in the first one. Right. I wouldn't say that there's only one touchdown. The Andrews touchdown late in the second half was a blown coverage. But other than that, they made things challenging on him. They have to clean up some of the run game fit stuff. But yeah, like this is a big week for putting yourself in a position. Again, you want to talk about being the best defense in the NFL, go out and play really well on the road in Baltimore and handle the Ravens, keep them under 250, you know, right about that number. And, you know, and I think a Deshaun Watson led offense is less prone to turnovers. Exactly. You got a good formula, Andrew. So this is a really big challenge. Mm -hmm. And the Ravens are coming off two, like, like, what is it? Two of the last three weeks between Detroit. Uh, what, you know, and again, the Arizona game was like 31 15 late. It wasn't necessarily close, yeah. but the, yeah, the they, Cardinals they made it a, a game late. Yeah, they had it in but, second gear all that, that whole game, I think. I, I would agree with you. And then this, this most recent one they blown out, they're, they're, you know, they're feeling themselves. Yes. They're feeling themselves. Yes. So yeah. it's a good opportunity, man. It's a good opportunity. Mm-hmm. But we have to talk before we go about left tackle. Yes. Right. So, definitely. Jedrick Wills, aircast. We have to presume he's out. He's crying. Like, I don't have any other inclination here other than he broke something, right? I guess he could have torn an ACL, but they put ACL tears all the time in knee, like aircast. I don't know. It's neither here nor yeah. there. It seems to be a season ending type of injury. Right. So, James Hudson next in line, probably. And this is my opinion, and I'm going to throw it to you. I'm not overly concerned. It's not like losing Trent Williams and going to the back. It's not like losing, you know, I'm trying to think of another example. Teron Armstead, which is out for, you know, when he's out for Miami, that that's a real detriment to their offense. Like, I think Jed has not been very good this year. Some better games of late, but not very good. Still yielding pressures. He had the early hold in this game. I don't think the film is going to be all too kind to him in this one. Uh, I, I don't, I again, I don't love, I would still prefer to him to be out there and playing to, to what they have, but I don't think Hudson or, you know, if they if they end up going with, Leroy Watson, who they recently signed from the from the 49ers practice squad, we'll see. I'm not here to say it can't get worse because as we know, it can always get worse. But I am like not thinking this is the end of the world. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't feel like this is an end of the world injury here. No, I don't think it's the end of the world, but I don't think I'm as I'm not as calm about the drop from from uh, Wills to Hudson as you are. I don't think just just because I think. When you have, you know, Dewan Jones has been playing really, really well. Uh, but when you have two sort of inexperienced tackles, I, I just think the margin for error is is going to go up, right? The, the chances of some protection breakdowns, stunts not being handled correctly, those sorts of things goes up. And I, I was talking in the preseason about potentially them trying to find somebody to replace James Hudson as the swing tackle because I, I wasn't thrilled with what I saw in the preseason, right? I mean, I, we, we had a conversation about his continual inability to anchor. He has not really ever like bulked up to the place where he can really get, you know, hold ground against bigger defensive ends. Um, and so I, 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 I hear what you're saying that I, I don't, 
it, you know, it's not that you're not, you're not losing a pro bowler. You're not losing an all pro, but I think Jed Wills is a functional starter who has improved over the past few weeks to the point of being probably in the average area. And I think James Hudson could potentially, especially at left tackle, uh, be a, a liability. And so then you start to look at what their other options are. And, you know, the, even the guy that they signed as tackle depth a few weeks ago tore his biceps against the Seahawks. And so now he's gone. So everybody that they've got, other than Alex Leatherwood, who is a project of all projects, is recent to the team, right? Within the last week or two. So, yep. well, the last week, really, right? Both of those guys, Leroy Watson and uh, Garan Christian, who's on the practice squad, were both signed this past week. So, that to me feels like a pretty big liability as far as, especially considering who they're up against the next two weeks, right? The, we, we know the Ravens are going to scheme a ton of stuff with simulated pressures and, you know, playing games with who's coming and who's not trying to make guys wrong. That's going to play on inexperienced tackles. And then the next week it's Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt who just do what they do. Right. So I am, I'm worried. I am worried. All right. Fair. I am. I'm potentially glossing over it a bit much. Uh, it's certainly never a good thing when you start the year with your two tackles getting hurt by midseason. Yes. And both of yeah. them potentially, right. I mean, we know Jack is done for the year. We're sort of just waiting on Jedrick's confirmation that he's done for the year. Now, Dewan Jones has filled in admirably. We are unfortunately past the trade deadline. So you are looking at, you know, your options here are very, you know, slim. You need Hudson. The fact of the matter is you're not moving Joel Batonio. You're not doing anything like that. You're going to need Hudson to step up and you're going to need to provide some help, consistent yeah. help mm -hmm. for him throughout the upcoming games. And obviously the rest, especially the Pittsburgh game where right. we have seen Hudson on an Island against Pittsburgh specifically. And we know that that didn't go very well, but he needs to step up to the challenge, right? That's he a great is a fourth point. round pick in his third year, fourth year. Now is he his third, third. year? I, I can't mm -hmm. tell these all third. mesh together. He needs to step up to the plate. They need him in a bad way. He does have experience. He's been around this stuff. He started meaningful games. He needs to step up to the plate and play well. Does that yep. mean he will? I don't know, but I'll tell you one thing. If the offense takes off, it'll probably be because he does. Yes. It'll and, be a driving factor. And I, I think you're, the, the way you put that is exactly right. Dewan Jones got an unexpected opportunity. Nobody wanted a fourth-round rookie with his you know skill set, but developmental needs – to show up and have to play, you know, by the, by the third, what was it? Second week of the season it was the first week of the season. I <laughs> talk about the seasons running would, together, the weeks run yeah. together now. So, but the, the point remains, whether it's week one or week two, nobody was expecting him to play that early in the season. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and so he has seized that opportunity, probably likely doesn't give it back. And is the starting right tackle for the Browns for the foreseeable future. Uh, Jake, uh, James Hudson has the exact same opportunity in front of him. I, there's a chance he can become the starting left tackle of the Browns next season if he if he balls out over the next nine games. Yeah, I think you'll even have to consider if Conklin comes back, which we're all thinking you will, because it was week one. I was thinking about that. Um, you know, you're going to need if Jed's done for a year, like your left the, the idea of who's playing left tackle in the future is right. Something we have to yeah, because this about. is November, this is so a, a 12 month injury has a, you're missing half a year next year. Yep. Yep. So. Uh, yeah, we'll see a lot changes in one snap. And, you know, I, I, I honestly, on the replay, I just, I didn't look horrible. Yeah. You know, I've seen some pretty gruesome ones in terms of like it bent. We, it just looked like it compressed a little bit down. I don't know. I'm not well, a doctor. I'm an idiot. Honestly, but it, that plus the air cast and the cart makes me more concerned weirdly. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. It, it was strange. I just I saw it. I'm like, you know, sometimes those guys like Jalen Hurts got where his foot was planted and yes. somebody bent his knee inward. It looked like it just like fell and the knee you kind of went to he went to his knees and we're analyzing this way too deeply. He's hurt. <laughs> it's serious. Uh, it's not going to be fun for him recovery wise. We wish Jed all the best. He takes a lot of heat. Yeah, uh, a lot of heat, man. Um, hey, and, and every he, member he, of that he, team was on the field with him. They were. He was put on that card. Every and he, player. He cares. Yes, he cares. He and, cares. And right. They the performance might him. not. Yeah, the performance might not be what you all want it to be, but at the end of the day, he's a human being who's yeah. trying to win games with your Cleveland Browns and, and, and a good person. Uh, it sucks to see uh, that happen. Yes, so we wish definitely. him. All the best. But James Hudson, man, step up to the plate. Your team Your needs you. Yep. There's no better option at this point for good or bad. Like, that's it. there's no better option. So prove people wrong. So that's a wrap for today. I think we've covered everything we can for the opener. I know Andrew and I will get together for your Tuesday opener to talk about what we learned from the tape study to go along with what we talked about here. And then you'll get your comprehensive breakdown after that. So uh, a big appreciation to Andrew for taking time. As always, I will be back after the break where the fit check happens with Kelby. We got together to the two people in the same house, right? One o'clock games helps with a little bit more time to do a fit check. It's a pretty good one. I think it might be our best one yet. So nice. if, you're, if you haven't listened to it, stick around and listen. It's uh, it's well worth your time if you care about outfits. But Andrew, I appreciate you, man. Always a pleasure, Jake. Uh, it's fun to break down a game where the other team doesn't score a point. Yeah, I love that. Hasn't happened in, I don't know, what, 15, 16, 16 years? Yeah. I don't know, it was the 2007 year I graduated. So that's what that's what it is. And I'm 34 now. So you uh, math whiz people do that. Yeah, do that so math. anyway, we're out of here. Great stuff. We'll be back with Fit Check after the break. Word from our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. 
Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful, guys. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and concerts near you. You can find them last minute with killer deals, and their best price guarantee helps you stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you've had. So why would you go Game Time? They have flash deals, last-minute tickets. They're easy to find. Buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, specifically those Cleveland Browns. You get great images of the seats view which is awesome when you're trying to figure out how the stadium is going to look when you're trying to find that right ticket for the right price. And they have that low price guarantee and event cancellation protection, job loss protection, all of the stuff to help you protect your money, right? It's the fastest growing ticket app for a reason in the country. You get images of your seats, like I said, before you buy them. You buy tickets in a matter of seconds, and they're sent directly to your phone. All right, so you never have to go digging through your email to find something last second. It is always there. You can put them in your wallet app and make sure to have them up and ready to go. It's important to know you can download that Game Time app, which makes it extremely easy, very intuitive, very fast way to buy those tickets. Create an account and use the promo code OBR for $20 off your first purchase. Again, terms apply. Again, create that account, redeem the code OBR for $20 off. You can do so at GameTime.co. It is not .com, it is GameTime.co, but I would suggest downloading that app, taking advantage of the $20 off coupon using the promo code OBR. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, welcome into Fit Check. We have, after a Browns victory of the Cardinals, plenty of outfits to get to. We have to pour one out before we start, though, Kelby. We lost Donovan Peoples-Jones, who was really the, the leader of the Fit Check Mafia for us. Some wild outfits, always willing to take risks. He takes it to Detroit now. Hopefully they have somebody there who gives him the right justice on what he's wearing to games. Maybe they will, maybe they won't, but he needs the credit he deserves. So we pour one out for him. We sure do. We sure do. All right, Mr. Donovan, uh, we start today's Instagram post with a arrival of Deshaun Watson. He is wearing some sort of leather outfit. I think it's uh, the brand is pronounced Rude, R-H-U-D-E. Uh, we looked at this before the game, and uh, you know I'm not familiar with the brand, obviously being a broke boy, and <laughs> was trying to decide what that the value of that because it's like a mat. Can you describe it, Kel? Like I mean, it's just like a matching leather jacket and pants combo. It's like a it's got khaki and black, and then it's got the brand rude on it yeah it almost looks like from afar like marlboro the same it type would, of font truly so are you a fan of the black and khaki combination color wise we're calling that camel camel sure yes. you just said whatever but anyway camel um fifty five hundred dollar jacket the pants probably i'm not that big of a fan of it yeah. i think it's good i think he wears it well but it very much does look like like he's uh at a pit stop Yes. Yeah. Or riding a bike, Mm -hmm. like a a, a crotch rocket. Yeah. That's what I would go with. All right. Anyway, moving. Well, you got to rank it. Give it to us. What's the score? Six out of 10. Six out of 10. Probably one of his best scores from you, though. All right. Now we have next up Marquis Goodwin, who's wearing all white everything. Describe this outfit. Um, It looks like he's just wearing a very comfortable down comforter. It's literally all white. It's very puffy. It does look quite comfy. It does. It looks like he could just take a nap in it. I mean,. It's fine. It's not doing anything for me. Uh, I don't even know how to describe it. There's some buttons. There's some layers. It's got like a turtleneck under it. It's got the white pants, white hat combo. Yeah. It's, it's very icy with the white bag. Yeah. So what do you got? Four out of ten. Oh, rough grade. 
Marquise. So, all right, moving over now, we have JOK, another heritage based fit. I, if, if somebody knows more about these fits and can give us some background so I don't sound like an idiot, we don't sound like an idiot, that would be great. It's kind of covering the face and the, and the upper. It's just the eyes are available in this one. Not, not one of my favorites that he's rocked. Okay, so this one is my favorite. Really? But, mm-hmm, Interesting. Yeah. yeah, I like the red and white plaid. I like uh, the shoes, the combo, everything. I think it fits him really well. I like the pinstripe down the pants. All right. I'm giving not him expecting... a 10 out of 10. I don't know your grading. I, I really <laughs> am wrong quite often. Next, we have a video of Zadarius Smith walking in. I cannot handle like the bell-bottom jeans, but you think they're in. Yeah. All yeah. Right. I think he knocked this one out of the park. He's what? got some, they're like a gray denim with some uh, studs on the pockets, zippers up the side, and it's a flare jean. I think he's rocking them. I think the jacket is cool too. It's got some checkered, uh, looks like some skulls on the back. It says something about history. I'm not sure what, um, but I give him a 10 out of 10. Wow, two early 10s in this week. Now we have... David Njoku next, who's rocking a, a very comfortable-looking uh, hoodie-sweat-pant combo with, like, a vest. I'm not sure who's on that vest. Can you see who's yeah. on that vest? You've done I, some research I, here. I have done some research. Research. I have screenshot it, and it looks like it's just a, peop- a bunch of people who are no longer with us. Hmm. Like, I see Freddie Mercury. I see Bob Marley. I see Princess Di. I see uh, Lennon. I see... This is the kind of research we do here on yeah, Fit Check. I see JFK, I see Michael Jackson, I see Brittany Murphy, Tupac. So it looks like it's just a bunch of people who are no longer with us, which I respect the poop out of. Um, I don't know what it says on the back of it. It's a culture brand, oh, I think, or okay. something like that, is what the shirt, sweatshirt says. Okay. Well, yeah, I think it's great. I think he looks comfy. He takes risks with his outfits, and I feel like normally fails, but I give this one an 8 out of 10. All right, 8 out of 10. Anytime you get a Jim Brown throwback, I think that's what we're getting here from um, James Prochet, who just actually elevated. They signed him this week. Practice squad elevated him. So this is our first time seeing him. He went with something very basic, some some sweatpants that got some patterns on it, and then we got a white undershirt and a, and a Jim Brown jersey. So I do think those sweatpants, though, are like the, um, I don't know the right term for it, the drug rug. Oh, like the pattern, about? yeah, or the the, the fabric, the, the fabric, and yeah. then it's like they look an comfortable. Aztec. They look very comfortable. I like the pants a lot. I yeah. would wear those. And it looks like he's carrying a laptop. <laughs> it does look like oh, it's an, <laughs> iPad. an iPad. He's definitely learning plays because he's new to the to the team this week. I give him a six out of ten. Six out of ten. All right. Next we have. I think that's Alex Wright who didn't play in this game. He was actually out. He's wearing a sweatshirt of himself celebrating. Oh, no. Yeah. So that's the defense. He's had this custom-made, which as far as custom-made sweatshirts go, it's pretty cool. It could be way worse because they actually fit the sleeve into it, and it's a whole – you know what I'm saying? That they Sometimes they'll just, like, have a picture, and it's yeah. like – it's trying to, I know you don't like it, but I'm just saying as far as that category of sweatshirt goes, feels like it's well done. It is a very interesting choice. Uh, the green pants are, uh, you know, some cargo pants type deal here. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know I like, what you think. I like the pants. I like the shirt better before I realized that it was himself. Yeah. I guess it's a real boss move to do, but yeah. I don't know why he's carrying a chain. Uh, they, they usually do a dog pound chain when they mm. create a turnover. Oh. That's my assumption there. So I, I, this fit doesn't seem up your alley. Three out of 10. Yeah. That's about what I would expect there. Ooh. Next, we have a very comfortable Martin Emerson fit. 
we have go ahead and describe it it's great it's very much like the first it's decent weather outfit i've seen here yeah there's lots of patterns going on i believe the brand he is wearing on his socks and hat is saint Mm. don't know anything about it uh but he does have on jean shorts louis vuitton louis vuitton jean shorts um which are super super cool I don't know what the shirt is. I can't tell. It looks like there's a bald eagle flying on him. It'd be like an album cover of some kind. Yeah, it does look like that. It's probably not. It's probably like a $1,000 t-shirt. Sure. Um, it was and, a third round pick, so we might be taking those risks quite yet. But maybe. <laughs> and, and the jacket he's got on is just like a nice little light colored linen. I would wear that, that jacket or yeah, whatever that is. Yeah, that is awesome. It's not a jacket. It's just like a light... I, treating it as one yeah but it's green lime green and red and like some a, purple some purple maybe navy you're missing know. the most important element of that, this outfit which is the bald eagle, eagle chain. which our son would die for yeah because he saw one on the side of the road one time and we'll never stop talking about it uh but i think the bald eagle might be what's on the shirt too yeah. i think so he's matching the chain to the eclipse yeah i can't I tell i don't know i should have researched it it's okay it's, uh, what's the fit grade on that one 10 out of 10. I like it. Three tens today so far. We get Kareem camo pants. He's got... At War. At War jacket. Do you yeah, know that? I looked it up okay. before. Those jackets are like 60 bucks. Really? Yep. All right. I respect I, that I mean, hustle. Yeah. It's like streetwear. I think yeah. it looks good. I like his shoes. He's worn those ones before. It's a good fit. Um, nothing special, but 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10. I like it. Next we have... Listen, we're, we're getting deadly close to Jean Co. jeans at this point. At this point, they're back in. This is Okoronkwo who takes a lot of risks. He he's wearing those shoes again. Um, you know, t- talk us through this outfit. The, the baggy jeans I cannot get with, but they're yeah. in. Yep, he's got some major baggy jeans on. I don't know how he finds them that fit him because he's tall, right? Yeah, he looks relatively. so tall. Um, but they're like a little distressed jean. I think they look great on him. Normally, I don't like his outfits. And then he's just got like a little bomber jacket on with a I do white... like that bomber jacket yeah, though. That's with a little slick. white tee under it. Yeah. And a little I don't know what the bag is, but this is one of my favorites of his. Normally I feel like he's swinging and missing too. Um I'll give him an eight out of ten. Okay. That's a good grade for him. I think that's Denzel. He is rocking a a puffy vest and all black. It's Paisley. He's got yeah. a Paisley print on it. Black and white. All black everything. Cargo pants. He's got some Jordans on. Mm-hmm. Yep. Black toboggan, black bag. I like it. You know, I like Denzel, though, too. Yeah, I think you grade, the, on, I a think, sk- you grade no, on a slight scale. But I will scale. say, I think the fit of the vest is a little off. Like, it looks just The back is puffy. Like, the back is it's very strange back there. Yeah. But, I mean, it's fashion. So, yeah, yeah. we're in Target brand right now. That's so. true. That's um, true. I'd give him a 9 out of 10, though. That vest pays our mortgage for a month. Yeah. So, there we go. All right. Lastly, in the story, so you have to go to the Instagram story, click on the logo. You have two that we have not seen in the actual post. We have first Dalvin Tomlinson, who played a whale of a game, three sacks. He put together a very delightful, is that salmon hoodie? No, that's just a light pink. Okay, can't tell the difference sometimes. <laughs> uh, I like it. Some You like to say distressed jeans. Is that what we have going on here? I don't think they're distressed. I'm pretty sure they look like he's wearing mossy oak, like white snowy hmm. camouflage pants i can't decide if it's tie-dyed or camouflaged so i think you need to keep going so i yeah. can see it they get, it's a pattern it's different I it's not I it's not camo but Are it's maybe sure? a type of camo i don't know it looks good on know. him yeah. what are you grading him at 
Uh, I'll give him a 9 out of 10. I like that. Okay, last one, Juan Thornhill with some very fun pants. Yeah. So I'll let you talk about the pants. I love the simplicity of that like Letterman jacket type deal that you got going on there. This is yeah, a good fit for him because he's gotten some bad grades from mm-hmm. you. Yeah, he's got a cream-colored um, Letterman's jacket on with like the orange writing. I think that's super dope. The pants, I can't tell what the pattern is, but it looks like they're like some different shades of orange. Almost also looks like a camouflage again. It does. I can't. I can't tell because of the stories, and so we can't like really zoom in on it. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the pattern's great. He looks nice and clean. The shoes are great. Looks like he's rocking an Adidas bag, but I know it's not. Definitely not. <laughs> it's Prada. Unless Adidas gave him that because he's sponsored, but I don't oh, think he wow. is. But yeah, that's a good fit for him. Yeah, that's a ten out of ten. All right, well, that's four tens today, if my math is correct. That's everybody. We've covered them. Kelby, thanks for being here and doing this. We skipped last week because of. Uh, the, the the late game and you know you you got some stuff going on so I will say though get back together Miles and his uh, Halloween outfit ten out of ten ten out always. of ten always. He, he's it's actually probably higher than a ten the amount of time he invests into it but anyway sorry for missing last week we're back on track Browns win twenty seven nothing everything covered for you in the coming days uh, you'll have your you know your podcast will drop uh, you know obviously on Tuesday with Andrew then you'll have if you if you're listening to this early on Monday. Stop by for Chalk Talk, the the YouTube film session that we'll have at 7 o'clock. That's where you can learn everything about it from an All-22 perspective. So join us for that. Exciting week is a big game with the Baltimore Ravens looms on Sunday. Check in with the OBR website. Check in with this podcast. And then obviously check in on the YouTube as well where we'll have plenty of shows going on. So uh, thanks to Andrew for doing the first part and Kelby for being here doing Fit Check. Happy to be back on track with that. To you guys for being here. We appreciate it. Rate, review the pod on your way out. Always appreciate that. And we close with Go Browns.